right. Well, I love your preacher and love the church here. <clears throat> How many of y'all remember me from last time? You remember me? Okay. How many of you do not remember me? Raise your hand. You do not remember me. Okay, so we got some new folks. Okay. Well, I want to show the new ones my milk and muscle. And uh, there it is. And I was going to be a dairy farmer, amen, and so I still got my own milk and muscle from back in the day. And uh, Brother Paul and Brother John, we went pheasant hunting, and Brother Paul remembered the apple song from last time. He said, Brother, we do I still remember that apple song that you taught us. And so if God gave you ten apples and said, return to me one-tenth of these ten apples to show you honor me, if you ate all the apples and left but one old core, would you give God that one old core and then ask him for more? And then you shake your head, don't give God the core. Don't give God the core. Show him that you love him. Don't give God the core. Amen. Fellas, can you all grab me an offering tray? Back there, is there an empty offering tray? Could you grab one? All right, if you have your Bibles, not turn to Malachi real quick, and, and uh, thank you for letting me come, and we did kill some pheasant, had a great time, and uh, it's a blessing, amen, to be here in the house of the Lord, and uh, I want you all to pray. My youngest son, Jake, I was telling Pastor about it, uh, he started the church there in Lafayette, Louisiana about three months ago. And here's a picture of him. I don't know if you can see all that. But anyway, he's redheaded, and he's the baby boy, and I got his picture here. But he's the one that, I don't know if some of you all know Brother Burton Gates, but this is my son that knocked on Brother Burton's uh, door when he was 16 years old. My son was 16, and, and Brother Burton Gates came and got saved by the grace of God, and, and I'm so thankful for that. My brother Bob led Brother Burton to the Lord, and, and he's starting that second church there in Philly. And uh, Liberty Baptist Church is doing great, and, and uh, that's an unbelievable story and all of that. But... Uh, now Jake is starting uh, the church there, and uh, just started like 12 weeks ago. And last Sunday, they had 78. So, I mean, they're coming out of the gate really strong. Isn't that a blessing? And uh, he said, Dad, we have 85 chairs. And he said, when you put 78 people in 85 chairs, uh, we got to get some more chairs this week. Amen. So this next week, they're having a friend day. Going to try to have 100. Amen. So you pray for Jake. And, and he's really uh, he's needing help worker-wise, you know, because he's got a whole bunch of Catholics that are coming and, and, you know, they don't even know what an invitation is or anything. They just need the Lord. Amen. And some of them are raising their hand already for prayer for salvation. Isn't that good? And you just pray that God will just start moving and they'll, uh, he's already moving to get them to raise their hand is a big step. Amen. And so anyway, we're just excited about that. But my oldest grandson is a junior at Heartland Baptist Bible College and him and his wife are heading down there to help this Sunday with the friend day to work with the children. Uh, so Jake doesn't have to worry about that. They can kind of pull the kids out and have children's church. But uh, it's a challenge starting a church and, and a lot of excitement, a lot of energy and all that. But they got no building. It was a fixer-upper. How I many of y'all know what a fixer-upper is? Amen. And they got a fixer-upper and, man, they've renovated that thing. And it's unbelievable, uh, the facelift that they, they have given the church and all of that. And, and uh, to God be the glory. Amen. Great things he's doing. And I, just in my mind... Supporting Jake, I see Cajun Catholics getting saved. Amen to the glory of God. Amen. What a blessing. All right, that's enough commercials. Look in uh, Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8. Yeah, let's stand together. Malachi 3. and We're just going to kind of stop here and then we're going to get to where we're going, okay? But anyway, we'll read Malachi chapter 3 and uh, verse number 8. Uh, the Bible says here, Will a man rob God? It's a question. Yet ye have robbed me. But, 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 but you say, uh, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Then he answers the question in tithes and offerings. Wow. It's pretty bad to break into a church. We don't hold people that break into churches in very high esteem. Vandalize and do things like that. 
steal from God, sound systems, things like that. But I'm telling you, y'all, it's just as bad for us as God's people to not do right by the Lord in the area of our tithes and offerings. I heard old Dr. J.C. House years ago said, if a man would steal from God, you better lock your chickens up because he'll steal your chickens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty serious business to rob from the Lord, okay? And, and uh, you know, the tithe is the Lord's. Say that with me. Could you say that with me? The tithe is the Lord's. Let's say that again. The tithe is the Lord's, okay? And uh, I wrote this down. Uh, tithe and offerings are God's way for God's people to do God's business. And that's how God takes care of His church is through the tithes and offerings of God's people, the free will offerings. And I appreciate all of you who understand this. And I can remember as a little boy... When my mom and dad got saved, every Saturday my mama would help me fill out my offering envelope. I was just like six, seven years old, little red-headed boy, shy, timid. Man, I'd have my offering envelope, and I wanted to give something in every category. I might have gave a quarter, but I put a nickel in every category, bless God. And I had my little Texas belt buckle on. I was born in Santone, and I had that big old Texas belt buckle on. I had my little jeans on. I had them rolled up down at the bottom, and I had them snap shirts on like my papa. My, my, my papa wore those cowboy shirts with the... How many of y'all remember them snaps on the... My, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I wore them, and I, I mean, I was good to go. had my King James Bible under my, under my arm, and I was ready to go to Sunday school. And I always learned my memory verse. My mama always helped me learn my memory verse. Amen. I'm glad that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing to be raised in the house of God. What a blessing to learn that the tithe is the Lord's. I like this here. You read on. Verse number 9, I don't like this verse. It says, uh, you're cursed with a curse. That's not good, is it? For wherein you have robbed me. For you have robbed me. You're cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. I like that. Pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Well, don't you like those kind of blessings? We had a snack bag in our room, and it was running over with blessings. How many of y'all like snacks? Man, preacher, uh, he gave the word, said, man, these are some big guys. Man, fill the snack bag up. And, and I'm telling you, we've been fair and sumptuously. My grandson back there, he's about like, man, he's been eating ding-dongs and Twinkies. and <laughs> Oh, man, I, he's been inhaling them. Amen, it's been awesome. I've been watching the show. And you can tell I haven't missed too many snacks myself. For a time, I was the fastest growing pastor in Arkansas. Amen. <laughs> Verse number 11, the Bible says, I don't know if that's good or bad. But anyway, the Bible says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Verse number 10, bring you all the tithes in the storehouse. There may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of heaven, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Isn't that a blessing? I'm glad that just, I don't know about you, but uh, if, I, if I have the blessing of God on my life, I have everything. If God lifts his hand of blessing off of me and curses me, I don't have anything. And I need God's blessing, and I know you do. Let's bow our heads, we'll pray. Father, we ask you to bless the message now. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you. you may be seated. I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Which one of you girls wants to help me for just a minute for an illustration? A volunteer? Girls, come on. I need a helper. All right, let me get the redhead. I'm partial to redheads. 
She's like, oh my Lord, can you come help me? All right, preacher, can you help me for just a moment? All right, preacher, if you'll stand here in the middle, and I'm, we're going to let you be the head usher here today. And what is your name? Ainsley. Ainsley? Okay, Ainsley. Well, praise the Lord. Now, I'm a real, uh, I'm a real deep theologian, as you can already tell, and, uh, but I, I like to put the jelly down on the bottom shelf. Let me grab the rest of my illustration here, Ainsley. And uh, Ainsley, we redheads got to stick together. Amen. All right, Ainsley, I have some do-re-mi. And green goes with everything. Somebody said cold, hard cash. No, it's soft and it's green and it's pliable. Amen. Now, Ainsley, I'm going to, you don't have any money on you, I see, right? Okay. All right, I'm going to count you out some money. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay? All right, Ainsley. Now, um, we're just going to pretend like I'm the Lord, okay? He's the usher with church. All right, Ainsley, the tithe is the Lord's, okay? So the tithe is one-tenth, right? Okay, Ainsley, so we'll put a dollar in here for you. Now, here's the key, y'all. Now, please listen to this, okay? In our illustration tonight, for sake of illustration, how much money did Ainsley have when she came up here? None. Zero. Okay, can I just get you to kind of stop for just a minute and realize this, that, you know, we say, I say my house, my car, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, but... Everything I have, everything I have, everything I have, He gave me. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, the money that I have, I mean, God gave me the breath to breathe, to go work the job, to get the money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everything I have, He gave me. And so actually, we bring a zero to the table. Okay? And sometimes we get too big for our britches, and sometimes we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, and we think that it's more about us than it is about Him. And don't, don't, don't do that. Right. I'm telling you, without the Lord, He said, without me, you can do nothing. Right. You can do nothing. And so we just got to realize that anything above zero is a blessing. Amen. So Ainsley came up here with zero in our illustration. She gave God the tent. Now, Ainsley, you love the Lord, don't you? Okay. I'm going to ask you to give another a dollar to missions. Be okay? All right. All right. You good? Okay, good. Seems pretty willing. Pretty, yes. Okay, Lord. Yeah, whatever you want me to do. I wouldn't have anything if you hadn't gave me what I got. I'm real thankful, Lord, for what you gave me. Whoa. He's got Abraham Lincoln. That, yeah, that's Abraham. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is an expensive illustration, isn't it? <laughs> now, who is the happy camper in this equation? It's Ainsley. He's like, oh, yes. I'm glad he chose a redhead. For once in my life, it's paid off. Being redheaded. Well, hey, all right, Ainsley. I gave you ten $5 bills, right? Okay. All right, she's doing good in math. Okay, let's give the Lord his tenth. 
Okay? All right, Ainsley. I know you love the Lord a lot, right? I'm going to ask you to give two fives for missions this time. Did you give two fives? Okay, all right. All right, Ainsley, thank you. You can sit down. You get to keep the rest of it. and we'll Thank you, Pastor. You can take care of that. We'll put that in offering. Yeah, that, you get to keep that, Ainsley. Ainsley gets to keep that. Anybody wants ice cream after church, you might want to hit Ainsley up. Amen. <laughs> hey, y'all, listen to me. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. We have the faith promise, the commitment Sunday coming up on the 7th. Now here's the key to the whole thing is this, is that you have to see, you have to see your missions dollars converting to souls being saved in the distant lands. Isn't that a blessing? My son, the other day, he, uh, he called me and they were going somewhere to play in a ball tournament. They were going to Brother Don Balls over in Lebanon, Missouri. And he said, Dad, we had, to, had two saved on the bus this Sunday. Man, that's a blessing. Two saved on the buses, Sunday. Man, I love the little bus kids. They say about the little bus kids, they'll either get in your heart or they'll get under your skin. And man, they've got in my heart. I love the little bus kids. You know, we had this little Mexican bus kid, this little Mexican girl, Hispanic, however you want to say it. I grew up in Texas, so I was weaned on enchiladas, so I, I was Mexicans, you know. But anyway... Uh, this little girl, she lived in the Wildwood Trader Park. Her name was Martha Hernandez, and Martha started riding the blue bus, and she couldn't speak Spanish. She could not speak Spanish. She could not speak English. Let me say it that way. She could speak Spanish. She grew up in Mexico, and, and anyway, uh, some of our bus workers were out knocking on doors one day, and they stopped by in that trailer park, and that little girl, this little girl started riding the church bus, couldn't speak English. We don't have a Spanish ministry, by the way. She started riding the bus, and boy, she learned English pretty fast. Wasn't long that she uh, she got saved by the grace of God. I'm so glad that Martha got saved. Martha went to a little public school behind our church called Morflet, this little small town, and 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 she didn't get to go to our Christian school. We have a Christian school, but she didn't get to go to the Christian school. But she uh, she was real sweet. Her mom made me hundreds of tortillas. How many of y'all like homemade tortillas? I'm telling you, them things will change your life. And they're they're good with roast. It don't matter what you're eating, man. Just a homemade tortilla, it's just good. Amen. And so uh, her mother would make me stacks of those. Homemade tortillas. We love Martha. Martha got to go to youth camp. Somebody would sponsor her every year to go to youth camp. And um, I'm so glad she got saved. But anyway, Martha was a good athlete. She played basketball in high school, and she was a good softball player. And so she made the homecoming court, whatever that is, with football. And, uh, you know, it's a big thing in the South. And so she was one of the girls. And so she asked me, she said, Pastor, would you be my escort at homecoming? And I said, Martha, what about your stepdad? She said, I want my pastor to be my escort. And all the other girls had their dad, you know, and every 10 yards there was a girl and her dad and a girl and her dad, and it was me and Martha. And when it came our time to walk across the field, the football field, the stadium, it's homecoming night, and the stadium was packed out. And, and I was so honored. I was all suited up. And that was a proud moment for me to walk one of our little bus kids across the, across the field, you know, and they gave all of her accomplishments. She was an honor student and all that stuff. And it was just a blessing. Martha went to Bible college for one year and met her husband. And they live out in Midland, Texas. And earlier this year, Martha came back. It's been over ten years since she'd been to our church. And she brought her three little children. And uh, she just came back to, to say thank you to everybody. Her husband said, wow, I didn't know that this many people loved her. I just had no idea of knowing this because our church, all everybody knew her. They loved little Martha because she grew up in our church. And 
I had her give a testimony, Pastor, and she just kept saying, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. And I thought, wow, this is good. This is a blessing. And uh, my wife and I took her to lunch, her and a little family. Her sister Brenda was there, and Brenda used to ride the bus, and Brenda's a nurse. And anyway, then Martha had her three little children, her husband, Jason. We went to eat some Mexican food, and that was good. It was a blessing. And uh, Martha said, Pastor, you have no idea the influence that you and your wife and the church had on me. She said, when I was a baby, four months old, my dad left my mom in Mexico City and took my older siblings and, and just left us. And my mom searched and we never could find my, my dad and my sis, siblings, my brothers and sisters. And she said, I grew up as a little girl. When I came to America, to the States, and y'all knocked on my door. I didn't even know my own mother. She was raised on a dairy farm. Martha was by her grandparents in Mexico, and her mom had come to the States to find work. And so she was just getting acquainted with her own mother. And we came along as a, as a loving church family and knocked on her door. We had, I, didn't know the, I didn't even know that story. But I sure am glad for those bus workers that got out and put the shoe leather to it, knocked on the door and found a little, little Hispanic girl that needed Jesus. It's a blessing, y'all, isn't it? It's a blessing. I gave a track to a lady at the motel and and uh, a younger lady, and she said her name was Taylor Bodler. And she said that she came to the church here when she was a girl. And she said, I just moved back here. And she said, I really do need to get back in church. I said, I got a little baby now. I said, yeah, that'd be a good thing, get back in church. She works the evening shift, so I thought it'd be good if one of the ladies here might could go by there and Maybe get reacquainted with her. I don't know if she was a bus kid or if somebody here might would remember her or not, but it'd be a good contact, amen? Yeah, it's a blessing. I didn't have one of y'all's tracks with me. I just gave her one of mine, but she'll remember me. She will. It's a blessing. Earlier this year, one of my men called me one day and he said, Preacher, I've got a man, one of my customers, that he's about to die. He said, I'd like for you to talk to him. He said, I asked him about his salvation. and He told me he was baptized when he was a baby. And that's what he's holding on to get him to heaven. That's the wrong answer, y'all. It's the wrong answer. And this man was 85 years old. He was on oxygen. And his name was Thomas. And I went by there. I'd been out of town. I got back in town. Brother Charles met me in my house and picked me up. And we went over to this man couple's house and they're up in years, and, and he was on oxygen there, and you could tell he was struggling, you know, to breathe and all that, and I started talking to him, and he was from Texas, he was from East Texas, and we just kind of hit it off, and we shot the bull for a little while, and, and then I swung it around to spiritual things, and I started talking to him about the Lord. He was lost. Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine. I'll tell you, I took him through the plan of salvation. It was awesome, y'all, it was awesome. He was just ready to receive Christ as his Savior. I got down to the prayer, you know, and I said, now, Thomas, you can pray and, uh, you know, ask the Lord to come into your heart and, and, and save your soul. Or I said, or if you need me to help you, I'd be happy to help you, you know, with what we would call maybe the sinner's prayer. And He said, preacher, I'm at a point in my life where I need help with everything. He started laughing, you know, he's on oxygen and, and you know, all that. And I said, well, all right, well, I'll help you. And so I kind of set it up where him and his wife, she was very attentive and watching me and all that. And I set it up where I could kind of uh, lead them both to the Lord at the same time. And so I, I began to go through the sinner's prayer, and I took them through the whole plan of salvation, got them lost, and repentance toward God, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I had it, you know, just right there, they were ready to receive Christ. And so 
I said, well, you know, you could pray this and mean it in your heart. And I said, dear Jesus. And, and Thomas said, dear Jesus. And I said, I know I'm a sinner. And he said, I know I'm a sinner. And I said, I have done wrong. He said, I have done wrong. I said, I don't want to die and go to hell. And he said, I don't want to die and go to hell. He said, I said, I want you to forgive me. And he said, I want you to forgive me of all my sins, of all my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and to be my Savior, to be my Savior. I'm trusting in you and you alone to get me to heaven when I die. And he just, you know, we went through it and, and I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. And man, he was, he was so excited and he was shaking my hand. I looked over at her and I noticed about halfway through the prayer that she wasn't praying out loud. And I said, Phyllis, I said, um, did you pray to yourself? I mean, I picked up on it that she wasn't verbally praying with us. I said, did you pray to yourself? And she said, no, Pastor. She said, I can't hear. I can only read lips. And I said, would you like for me to go back through that prayer? And she said, oh, yeah. I'd like for you to go back through that prayer. And I said, dear Jesus. And she was reading my lips, y'all. And she said, dear Jesus. And I said, I know I'm a sinner. And she said, I know I'm a sinner. I don't want to die and go to hell. And she said, I don't want to die and go to hell. I took her through the same prayer that her husband just got through. It was awesome, y'all. And both of them are so happy. She was holding my hand with both her hands. She was so happy that she accepted Christ as her Savior. Y'all, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's keeping people out of hell. Whether it be a bus kid or whether it be somebody in the distant lands through our missionaries, we just got to see our, our, our dollars converting to souls being saved. I want to be a soul winner for Jesus every day. I want to grow up. When I grow up, I want to be a soul winner. I'm really getting to clip a lot of coupons. I've been doing this for a long time now, but I got a call the other day, and you know, my dad's been in heaven for three years. And a lady in my dad's church in Texas had passed away. Her name was Dorothy Johnson. She was 86 years old. And the family called me and they said, Brother Weedo, would you, would you come and do Mama's funeral? And she was one of the ladies in my dad's church, a really good, godly lady. And I said, I'd be honored to come. And I went down to Fort Worth and spent the night with my mother-in-law and went on over to Alvarado, Texas. And it was a memorial service, and they had this uh, uh, the DVD deal going out, you know, under a carport, and there was a bunch of chairs. Man, there was a bunch of cowboys. I mean, a bunch of cowboys, all cowboy hats, big old belt buckles. And I mean, I think probably 12 or 13 cowboys got saved. It was awesome, y'all. It was awesome. And they were all coming to me. There was two or three guys there that had gone to our Christian school way back in the day, and they were bringing their families to them and said, now this man paddled me. It was back in the day, we used to paddle the students. Man, they'd get out of line, we'd paddle, we'd lay the wood on them. And they said, man, this man paddled me. He'd lift me up off the ground. He paddled me so hard. And I was like, really? Did I paddle that hard? You know? And uh, we were laughing and, and, and having a good time. Well, somebody handed me the phone and said, Bro, J.D., this is April. And April was one of the grandkids from Miss Dorothy. Now, listen, I'm just sharing a little testimony real quick. And, but anyway, April said uh, she's, uh, she didn't get to come to her grandma's funeral. She lives in California. And I haven't seen April in 35 years. And I said, April? Uh, how are you doing? We talked a little bit. She said, I said, where do you live at now? She said, I live in Hollywood. She said, I can look out my apartment window and I can see the sign that says Hollywood. And I said, wow, that's amazing. And I said, April, uh, I'm coming out to California. I'm preaching in Laverne, California, a missions conference here soon in September. And she said, um, she said, well, I'll try to come over here and you preach. That'd be awesome. And so, sure enough, I, I called her when I got to California and on Sunday morning at the missions conference at the church there, she sat on the front row with her daughter and a Madeline. Madeline's 12 years old. And we preached and, you know, at the end of it, gave the gospel. And after the service was over, I mean, the altars were filled with people, but after the service was over, 
April came and tears were running down April's, the mama's face. And she said, Brother J.D., Madeline wants to be saved. And I took Madeline over to the side and Madeline was just ready to be saved. Are you all listening to me? She was just ready to be saved. Well, April was crying and I mean, I knew she was happy about her daughter getting saved. And then after things kind of settled down, I had Madeline sign in the back of my Bible and all that. And then April said, Brother J.D., I don't know if you realize it or not, but when I was 12 years old, your mama led me to Christ. My mom's been in heaven for 28 years. Man, that blessed my heart. Like I'm talking about, you're talking about a blessing. I was calling my sisters and calling my brother, and, and you know they all knew April, but they didn't know Madeline. But anyway, we're so glad Madeline got saved. We were, we were so honored to hear that our mother, who was the pastor's wife, you know, the pastor's more out in the front, and he leads more people. Lord, the pastor's wife more behind the scenes, and you know what I'm saying, and, and all of that. But I, I mean, it, I, that was unbelievable. Are y'all listening to me? That a blessing. Hey, I'm all about people being saved. I don't know where you're at on this thing, but I'm all about, thank you, Brother Wolfram, for trying to challenge people to pass out tracts and talk to people about Jesus. Now, take your Bibles real quick and turn to 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to just kind of summarize uh, the message tonight. And uh, the tithe is the Lord's. The faith promise offering, the missions offering, is collected weekly in your church, to provide the finances for worldwide missions. Missions involves the training, equipping, and sending, and supporting of personnel who devote their time preaching the gospel and planting churches. Planting churches in the regions beyond your local church ministry. I read a prayer letter Sunday from missionary Luke Shelby to Kenya, Africa, and they just started their 30th church. Long-standing missionary. I have no idea how many Kenyans are going to be in heaven And you know what? Everybody look at me. We've had a part in South Arkansas from Bible Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. We've had a part in reaching Kenya. I've never been to Kenya. But thank the Lord we've got a missionary, amen, who's been serving there faithfully and getting the job done for the Lord. So, these persons that go to the regions beyond and plant churches uh, are called missionaries, and they're sent forth by local churches. We're not interested in supporting churches or missionaries that, that don't have a pastor and a preacher, amen, a home church, okay? And uh, so what do we mean by faith promise offering? What, what, what is it, okay? Well, let me just say, first of all, real quick, and just give you a few things, and we'll just keep moving. Number one, first of all, it's a promise to God. You're not promising the church. You're not promising the preacher. When you make your faith promise commitment, it's a promise to the Lord. Are y'all with me on that? It is a promise to the Lord. It's between you and the Lord, okay? It's between you and the Lord. It's not a pledge. Nobody's going to knock on your door. Nobody even knows about it. It's between you and the good Lord, okay? And secondly, it's an act of faith. It's an act of faith, okay? Now look at verse number uh, 2 Corinthians 8. Verse number 1, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, 2 Corinthians 8, 1, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, watch this now, they're in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. So even though these people didn't have a lot, they still had a spirit. You know, they, they had a spirit to want to help others, to see other people get saved, okay? I love the old song that says, little is much when God is in it. Amen. I mean, telling you, God can take our little and do great things with it, okay? Now look at verse number 3. It says, for to their power I bear record, yea, now watch this, and beyond their power 
beyond their power. Well, when you give beyond your power, it's within your power to give what you have, but when you begin to give give beyond your power, are y'all listening to me? You give beyond your power, then you're getting into the realm of like, wow, this is like the Lord's doing this. I was sitting the other day at Pastor Danny Allen's in Greenbrier, Arkansas. I did Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of their missions conference. And I was sitting there, they would have a meal each night after the after the preaching. So they'd start about 7, finish about 8, and then they would go into like a meal after the services. And that's just the way they do theirs. Everybody's got their own way of doing things, so they have a meal every night. And, uh, well, anyway, on Friday night, a preacher friend of mine from Hope, Arkansas, named Toby Bain, uh, was there. He was, uh, his brother goes to that church, and then Brother Toby had a death in the family, and he was going to be preaching a funeral the next day. So I was just talking to Brother Toby there as we were fellowshipping. Well, him and his wife were sitting there with me. Well, their 10-year-old daughter was sitting there on the end, and, I mean, real close to us, you know, she was there, and their little family was there. And uh, her mom and dad began to tell me this story. They said, Brother Weedo, our daughter last year wanted to give $1,000 to a missionary. She's 10 years old. She wanted to give $1,000 to a missionary, and her mom said, Honey, $1,000, it's only four weeks till Christmas. Where are you going to get $1,000? Why don't we say a hundred dollars? And that little ten-year-old girl said, "No, no, Mama, I want to give a thousand dollars to missions." Her mama's just trying to kind of guide her a little bit, you know, like, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew here. But that little girl had it in her heart. Well, she began to bake, and they were showing me pictures of these. I don't even know what it was. It looked like a ginormous cupcake with chocolate all over the top of it. I don't even know. But uh, uh, someplace in town was giving her $5, and then they were turning around and selling it for more to make a profit. So this thing was on steroids. I mean, like a, yeah. And, and anyway, in four weeks' time, that little girl raised $1,400. Bacon, just baking goods, baking goods. They were buying 40 of them from her uh, either a day or whatever it was. But it was unbelievable. It's unbelievable that she raised $1,400. I mean, she just kind of baffled everybody what God did. Hey, God did that. Are you listening to me? Well, her little brother, he didn't, have no, he didn't have anything. And he wanted to give something to the missionary too for Christmas. And so God laid it on his papa's heart to give that grandson a cow. And that cow had a calf, and they sold that, that bull calf, and it brought $700-something dollars, and that little boy gave that 700 And now that's his, that's his cow now. And so he's going to give a calf to, to Jesus every year. And I thought, man, that stuff messes me up. I hear little kids doing things like that, and I see what God does because they got faith in God, and they believe that God can do it when nobody else does. And I'm thinking, wow, Lord, help me. Lord, help thou mine unbelief. Help me to give to my power, but help me to give beyond my power. We had one of our little widow women, Miss Winnie Bell Kegley. Miss Winnie Bell, she's in heaven now, but one year she, she gave up her cable vision. She's a widow woman and, and didn't have a lot in this life and lived in a mobile home and she's a great cook. We've eaten at her home and she loved the Lord and loved us. And her children are all grown, and you know she's in her seventies or maybe early eighties. And, and um, well, anyway, she said um, that God laid on her heart to give up her cable vision for one year. She's going to take the money that she's given to cable vision and give it to the Lord for missions. Well, her children got wind of it, and they're grown, and they had m- means. 
And they said, Mama, we'll take care of your cable vision. Don't worry about it. We got your cable vision this year. And she said, no. That defeats the whole purpose of it. I'm giving this to the Lord. I don't want y'all to get it for me. I'm giving, I'm giving up something. I wrote down this in my Bible. This is a good little missionary quote. It comes from missionary Kenneth Elsie. Listen to this now. This might be noteworthy if you take notes. Missionaries have to make a lifestyle change to go to the field God has called them to go to. Let me say that again. Missionaries have to make a lifestyle change to go to the field God has called them to. We, we should have to make a lifestyle change to send them. listening to me? Hey, we spend more on dog food in America than we do on missions. We spend more on bubble gum than we do on missions in America. I was in the Philippines one time and I gave a little boy a quarter, just a quarter in the marketplace. He's a little street kid, you know, and they're all, there's little kids everywhere like that, you know, and I gave a little kid, and next thing I know, preacher, I had a herd of little kids I mean, word, time, you know, I mean, man, it got away. I mean, they, they got the word out in a hurry. And man, that'll mess you up when you got like a herd of little kids following you. Wanting a quarter to, I can't hardly handle that stuff. Just, you know, I, it messes me up. My eye affects my heart when I go and I see that stuff. We, we've been blessed, y'all. We've been blessed. Wow. It's an act of faith. It's a voluntary offering, a free will offering. They were willing, by the way, in Corinthians, they were willing. There first be a willing mind. Hey, nobody beats me over the head, makes me give. Our example tonight, she didn't, it wasn't a big deal for her to give that money. You know why? God gave her what she had. She was willing to give. She didn't say, no, that's mine. You can't have it now. That's the way we are by nature, by the way. We're selfish and stingy. That's why we have to crucify ourselves. We have to die daily to, to us. Wow. It's a promise for one year that you're making to the Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians 8.10. 2 Corinthians 8.10. Here and I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Wow. So what do we mean by faith promise offering? First, it's a promise to God. It's an act of faith. It's a voluntary offering. And it's a promise for one year. Now, why should I give a faith promise offering? Why? Well, and I don't have time to run all these references, but in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says something about going into all the world, you know, and preach the gospel, all the world. Are you all with me? These references, uh, Mark 16, 15, he said, going to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature needs a preacher. Are you all with me? It's like he said it over and over and over again. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost to, you know, has come upon you and shall be witnesses unto me both, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in, in Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. I mean, it's at the same time. Are you all with me? It's at the same time. So the only way that we can be obedient to the command is by witnessing at home via passing out tracts talking to people about the Lord, and then sending others to witness where we cannot go. 
Does that make sense? So there are three groups of people in the church here tonight. There's the Go missionaries, and we're surrounded by them tonight. All the missionary prayer boards around the wall. The Go missionaries, are you all with me? The Go missionaries. And then there are those of us here who go out and work our jobs, and we bring our tithes and our missions offerings, our faith promise offerings back to the church, and we put it in the offering tray. So we're co-missionaries. You see what I'm saying? We team up. We can't get the gospel to every creature without our missionaries, but they can't even get to the mission field without our prayers and without our finances. So we're not trying to sneak up on you or beat you over the head with the Bible, but you've got to pray because God has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How hypocritical would it be for me as a pastor to send missions money all over the world and let my own area die and go to hell? That's why we run the buses. That's why we knock the doors and pass out the tracks. And, you know, it's, there, 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 there's a balance there where we're doing both of them at the same time. Does that make sense? And so your heart determines your part. So, um, how many of you have seen the strings of lights Christmas time? And there's some strings of lights, if one bulb's out, the whole light deal's down. Doesn't work. But how many of y'all remember the kind where each bulb was kind of its own bulb, and if a bulb was out, that one bulb was out, and the other bulbs were still... How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. So what our desire here at church is this, is that every bulb at Riverside Baptist Church, it would be ding, ding. I mean, they would all be on in the area of missions giving. Does that make sense? So it's not like this where we got a few people. No, it's like this where we got 100% participation where everybody sees that, hey, a trip to McDonald's, a trip to wherever, I could do without that ever so often and give a little bit more to missions. God, increase my faith. Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do. Lord, everything I have, you gave me. And in light of that, Lord, I'm, I want to give, you know, and the Bible says, given it shall be given unto you. How many of y'all have experienced that? That's a blessing, man. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men. Man, God is good. He's awesome if we'll just be obedient. Man, I've had people, I've preached missions conferences. I had one lady one time, and she didn't even have a job. She had just lost her job. And it was missions conference time. And she's like, wow, you know, Lord, I love you. I'm just going to, whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing it. And by faith, with no job, she did. she put down what God laid on her heart to put down. And you know what happened? God gave her a job that was way, way better than the job she had before. Oh yeah, he can, he can, I'm telling you, God can do that because He's God. Wow, what a blessing. Why? Man, hasn't God been good to us? Just His blessings on us, that's a good reason to give. He's blessed us. I mean, over there in these different countries, y'all, we got a lot to be thankful for. Well, I was over in the Philippines, and, and uh, I had a couple of preachers with me that hadn't, hadn't been on a mission trip before. And, you know, it's kind of, I've been on a bunch of them, but they hadn't been on one. And Brother John Horton, he's like 6'5", you know, and we were in the Philippines, and he looked like an NBA basketball player, you know, man. They were all, them little Filipinos was looking up at him like, whoa, man, where's he, who'd he play ball for and all that stuff, you know. Well, he had his 12-year-old son, Anthony, with us. Well, they'd never been on a missions trip, and we flew over from the main island over to Elo Elo, and we got with missionary Rick Martin. He has one of the largest ministries in the world as far as church planning missionaries. You know, and we ate in his home, and very humble people, love God. And we went up in the mountains and reviewing all these different, you know, churches that they'd started all up there in the jungle. And uh, so we stopped, 
at their first graduate from their Bible college there, and uh, he was a little Filipino guy, and I don't know how old he was, but he was ball-headed, and they were getting everything ready outside, and they had this um, boy out there, and they had kind of like family style, and they had a boy out there with this big old leaf, and he was kind of just shooing the flies away, and I was watching all this, and I was like, man, I'm glad he's out there shooing the flies away. That's a blessing, isn't it? And so... Then they sent a boy down the hill to get us a Coca-Cola. I mean, you don't drink the water, you don't eat the lettuce and all that stuff. So I like those Cokes in those old-timey bottles. You know, you even got to make sure that they open the bottle because they'll refill things, water bottles and stuff like that. you got to watch all that stuff. But anyway, so we're there, and, um, and um, Brother Horton's son, Anthony, is 12 years old, and, and uh, so it gets time to eat. We say the blessing, and so there's a bowl of chicken. Well, Anthony reaches in to get a bowl, you know, piece of chicken out of the bowl, and the first piece he got was a chicken's foot. Well, you know, we don't really eat those here in America, you know, the, the, the foot of the chicken, okay? And so the missionary saw that, you know, he said, oh, oh, Anthony, here, let me have that. So he took that chicken's foot. Well, the second piece he reached in to get was the chicken's head. It was, it was a hen, it was a hen. And, and she was winking at him. She had one eye open and one eye's eyes. I, I was looking. I thought Anthony was going to pass out. I was looking down at him myself, and I was like, whoa, whoa, Anthony. And so anyway, the missionary saw that. We finally got a piece of chicken that he could eat, amen. But, um, wow, I love the Filipino people. I, I just, y'all, I'm telling you, we got so much to be thankful for. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. I went to, the, to, to, on, to India. I flew into India and, and landed, and then we got on another plane flew down to South India. South India is like poor. Okay, up around Bombay and Northern India, that's where all the doctors and all that, people that buy the motels and all that, that's where they're from, real educated. They put a lot of emphasis on down, down South, man, they're poor. They ain't got nothing. You're stopping and letting goats car, cross the road. And, and so I went in the bathroom in India to go to the bathroom and there was no commode. There was no nothing. There was like, I'm like, where's the beef? You know, I mean, I'm like, what in the world? What in the world? I mean, I'm just not used to that. I mean, I, I'm, well, I'm, I like indoor facilities. Somebody say amen right there. I'm not even all about outhouses. I'm about in-houses. And, and, and flushing and all that stuff, okay? I mean, I'm talking about when you walk in, there's no tissue. There's no nothing. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, wow. Then I got sick over there. I got sick in India, y'all. It was terrible. They tried to get me up right after I got there to preach. You know, and I, my body was freaking out. So I'm laying in the bed in India. I'm 10,000 miles away from Mama. I'm sleeping on a little mat that we used to lay down on in kindergarten. And it's a little bitty like a little pallet-looking thing. And I'm thinking, Lord... This is the big one. I'm coming home. I've wandered far away from God, and now I'm coming home. Amen. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That little Indian doctor came in, preacher, and he gave me five pills. I have no idea what I took, man. I just took them, and man, I just, oh, man, I just crashed, and the next morning I felt better, so I don't even know what all that was about. But, you know, then I come back to America. You know, man, we got padded seats. We got carpet on the floor. Those people over there ain't got nothing, man. They ain't got nothing. We were, we were having a meeting, and they had a, a, a tarpaulin was the roof, just a tarp on some poles, and they, it started raining, and water was leaking in. They had to call the meeting off, and we went in the pastor's house right next door to the church, and the pastor's house was leaking, and 
One of the guys with me said, man, what would it take to put a roof on the preacher's home? They said, 200 American dollars. I said, we'll take care of that. You know, we just want to be a blessing. But, wow, y'all, we, you know, we got it made. We got it made. Our little. Listen, I think it was Clifford Clark, the old preacher man, said, live simply. Live simply so others can simply live. Live simply so others can simply live. And I'm just telling you, y'all, we can make a difference this year. A bigger difference just by you know, letting, uh, realizing, hey, I'm going to give a little bit more. God, stretch my faith. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. But be willing to do that because it converts to souls. It converts to souls being saved. Isn't that a blessing? Man, I love it. I'm in on it, man, all the way. How can I give a, how, how can I do it, preacher? How can I do it? Here's how you do it, y'all. You just pray and say, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. You've been good to me. Everything I have, you've given me. I just want to do what you want me to do. I just want, want to do what you want me to do to help reach the world. Are y'all listening to me? i got a preacher friend down in Houston. You know Brother Danny Farley. and He's a wild man, but I love Brother Farley. Brother Farley has people in his church. Listen to me. He has people in his church that drive around Houston with trailers. And people put out old furniture and stuff out on the curb to be hauled off. He's got people in his church that drive around, pick that stuff up, take it home, and renovate it, fix it, and resell it, and give the money to missions. Isn't that a blessing? I'm just telling you, you know, we can make excuses. Well, I can't, I can't afford it. We can't afford not to do what God tells us to do. I mean, do, you do what you can. I like that little widow, widow woman that said she had done what she could. You do what God tells you to do and it'll be just right. Are y'all, are y'all listening to me? Wow. We love you missionaries. Oh, yes, we do. We don't love anyone as much as you. When you're not with us, we're blue. Oh, missionaries, we love you. They think that we're praying for them. Whether we are or not, they think we are. I'm sure we could probably all step it up a little bit. We took on Brother Ball's ministry there, that free day away for soldiers in Lebanon, Missouri. They uh, have a bowling alley and all that, and they you know, did some work on it. But we took them on, because I, I read his prayer letter to see how many soldiers get saved, and I thought, man, I want to get in on all these soldiers getting saved. Over 400,000 soldiers have come to that church and over 100,000 professions of faith. At Tabernacle Baptist Church in Lebanon, Missouri, over 100,000 troops have been saved at that church. Isn't that a blessing? Man, I thought, we want to get in on that. We want to get in on that. You know what I got in my bathroom window at my house to help me remember to pray for the soldiers? I got one of them little green army men. Just a little green army men preacher, and I got it sitting in the window of my bathroom, and I frequent that place a lot these days. Somebody say amen right there. Thank you, thank you. And I got that little army man. Man, I found myself praying for the military, for our military, praying for the, we got a Marine out of our church. I'm, I'm praying for him more than I ever had before. Why? Because I got a little reminder in the bathroom window. It reminds me to pray for Will Hill. It reminds me to pray for Tabernacle Baptist. And Are you listening to me? Sometimes out of sight is out of mind when it comes to our missionaries. It shouldn't be that way, y'all. We've got to step it up in the area of our prayers this year. Wow. I'm just glad I can pray and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And just have a willing heart. Everything I have, you give me, Lord. It's just a blessing to be a part of the team. It's a blessing to be a go missionary, not a no missionary. Let me tell you one more story, and I'm going to be done. 
We're driving home tonight. Since I've been up here, we got a call. I got a funeral tomorrow at one o'clock. So y'all pray for us when you get up and go to the bathroom tonight. Pray for us. Amen. We're gonna be traveling. A 33-year-old young man that got saved at our church when he was 10 years old. He died, uh, and, and I've got his funeral tomorrow at one. And I did not know I had it when I came, but we know it now. So we're heading back through the night. So just pray for us. But several years ago, we had a, a handicap class for Down syndrome and uh, special needs children. Adults, you know, with special needs. and Aren't they a blessing? Man, they're a blessing. But we had three, Chris Kelly and Minnie Carol Blackwell and LaDonna Collins. LaDonna's Down Syndrome, and man, they lo- we love them. They love me. I love them. Oh, they're precious. Well, anyway, we had this class for them, and uh, man, we take them fishing, and man, you've got to be careful when you're fishing. You got, I mean, you've got to do everything for them, or you're going to get your ear pierced, or something bad's going to happen. Amen. I mean, they're just... They're having fun, you know. And so uh, feeding them a hot dog is an adventure. But anyway, so the Sunday school teacher of that class came up with the idea that we would have a a quart jar in the class, and every Sunday the the My Friends class would bring in their nickels and dimes and quarters. And, And so they'd fill that quart jar up with money. Well, every time a missionary came through, we would give them a jar of money from the handicapped class in our church. LaDonna Collins, she was very high-functioning Down syndrome. She'd throw softball in the Special Olympics, and I know they can't run very fast, but she would try to run, and she'd bring her ribbons back, and we'd make a big deal out of it and all that. And, but I could call LaDonna. I'd say, LaDonna, come up and, and quote us a memory verse. And, I mean, word perfect, she'd come up and quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I could say, LaDonna, would you quote the 23rd Psalm for us? And man, she'd quote the 23rd Psalm, word perfect. She's a blessing. LaDonna read her Bible through. Hello? You say, are you trying to shame me? Yeah, sure am. Yeah. LaDonna would take handfuls of gospel tracts, preacher, and she'd go out and stand in front of Walmart. I know it's hard to turn down a gospel tract from a Down syndrome person it just is they're just special to everybody and I mean she'd just stand out there and pass out tracks and that's a blessing man she'd get the word of God out on the handicap bus they they shut her down because she was giving the same people a track every day and she didn't really understand that you know and I said LaDonna it's okay it's okay they're, you know she just man she thought they were from the devil because they wouldn't let her pass out tracks I was preaching in Allende Mexico outside of Monterey, Allende, Mexico. We'd stop on the side of the road and get fresh orange juice. Man, that's good stuff. they just write out the oranges and they just, you know, give you a glass of orange juice. Everybody listen to me. I was there and on the third floor of the building they had all these Mexicans and they were all playing guitars. You know, I mean, I don't speak Spanish, but then they were singing like, when the roll is called up yonder, man, I was, I was in the zone, man. I was like, man, this is good. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Man, they were letting the hammer down singing. We went downstairs after the meeting was over and preaching and all that and and they were feeding everybody fajitas. How many of y'all like fajitas? Oh, yeah. I feel a kindred spirit tonight. Well, anyway, Mrs. J.W. Steele, the missionary's wife, said, Preacher, come here. I want to show you something. And she took me in a little room off from where the, they were feeding everybody. And on the, on the dresser of that bedroom was that jar of change from El Dorado, Arkansas, the handicapped class. And she said, Brother Wido, we never, we never cashed it in. And every time I get discouraged missionary's wife. Every time I get discouraged, I look at that jar of money and I'm reminded about those 
handicapped children, those Down syndrome children, giving their nickels and dimes and quarters, and it encourages me. It encourages me. Are you listening to me? Hey, I look for ways to be an encouragement to missionaries. I love missionaries, and I know you do too. Thank you, listen church, thank you for giving to missions. On behalf of your missionaries that are deployed tonight, thank you for giving to the Lord. Because I'm telling you, when you get to heaven and they start lining up and they start thanking you and hugging you, you're going to be glad that you had a part in the missions program of this church. But I just say, Lord, you know, increase my faith. Lord, help me do a little bit more this year. Lord, help me do a little bit more. Hey, during the COVID year, we didn't even have a conference. Our church gave $23,000 more than it had ever given in the history of our church to missions. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, yeah, to God be the glory. And I'm glad I'm saved. How many of y'all are glad you're saved tonight? Man, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad y'all are saved too. I'm glad you're saved. Thank you for coming tonight. It's a rainy night. And I'm glad you came tonight, man. I'll tell, listen, please pray. Please pray and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Everything I have, you've given me. It might be a good time tonight to come to the altar and just thank him for what he's given you. The Lord's blessed me in so many ways. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You can't outgive him, can you? You cannot outgive God. What a blessing. Wow. They first gave themselves to the Lord. They first, if God has you, he has everything you have. They first gave themselves to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. They first gave themselves to the Lord. Maybe some of you have been going through the motions. Maybe some of you kind of slacked off in your missions giving, kind of waned a little bit. Fix and take the commitments again. It would be a good time to get back on board. Maybe some of you are new and you've never really even heard the concept before. What is it? It's a voluntary offering given to God to help reach the world that Jesus... Why would I do it? Because he commanded us to do it. How? Just pray and ask him what he'd have you to do. and He'll show you. He'll impress upon your heart what he wants you to give. Let's bow our heads tonight. Thank you all for listening. I mean, say, preacher, would you would you pray with me and pray for me? I, I really do. I want to I want to be in on this mission stuff, and I, I get what you're saying. You just kind of reminded me what I already knew tonight. But I want you to pray with me, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up all over? You just say, preacher, would you pray for me? I just want to. Yeah, God bless you, and you aren't there hands all over. God bless you. If you're here tonight and you're lost, wow! If you're here and you're listening and you're lost, man, we want you to be saved. We want you to be saved. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that Thomas got saved and his wife Phyllis got saved, the lady that was deaf that had to read my lips. I'm so glad she got saved by the grace of God. Thomas is in heaven, by the way. He went home to be with the Lord this year. He got saved this year and went home this year at 85 years of age. He's already gone to heaven to be with the Lord. I was talking to Brother Paul yesterday. He was so excited about his mama getting saved. Pastor led his mama to the Lord. 90 years old, led her to the Lord. I'm so thankful she got saved. Brother Paul's mama, it's a blessing. Wow. I'm glad you're saved. Hey, we might just want to say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. But if you're listening tonight and you're not saved, we pray that today would be the day of your salvation. Father, we love you tonight. Lord, we thank you for the power, Lord, of the Word of God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for for, for sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, shed his precious blood so that we, 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 we could have a home in heaven to atone, to cover our sins so we wouldn't have to die and go to hell and pay for it ourselves. Lord, we thank you for Bible salvation that's full and free. How you change us, Lord. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless the invitation now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Many have already come to the altar. Some are already headed back. But we'll just let, let, yeah, they'll sing a song for us. And uh, we'll just have you, the opportunity to come tonight. God bless you. Some are praying in your seats, whatever you feel led to do.
I bless you. There's lights for us.